On 1116 SEM, the Four Diego's. Here's a good opportunity. The ball sent through to Fitzgerald. He's in. Sends it across. It's in. Somehow it's found its way into the net. Sent across. Was an opportunity and a goal. It is fired into the back of the net. And I think it was Forneroli. It was pushed in there and it came back and then he smashed it home. Kill Kenny with a ball to the near side. Rose is pushed up, sends the ball across. Here's a chance. It's found the back of the net. It's Caceres. The penalty of Barbarisas missed. Very true. Here he is now. Nutmeg on musket. Nutmeg on Brad. Nutmeg on the keeper. That is unbelievable from Costa Barbarisas. One of the goals of the year, without a doubt. That was a clinic. He was like going around three cones. Unbelievable witch's hats. Where did Unreal. that come from? Unreal. Phil Kenny tries to send a ball in. It's come back. Here's an opportunity. Ah, and look at it. that. Neil Kilkenny with a second bite of the cherry and gets a goal. And here's another chance for City. Pushing in. Colazzo is there. Oh. Scores! Fantastic lead up by Fitzgerald. Really good stuff again. And Colazzo with his third of the year for City, and it is a goal fest in the K10. G'day, everyone, and welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle here in 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. There you have it, uh, Ed Wyatt and Clint Bolton talking about the game that was played a little bit earlier, Wellington Phoenix and Melbourne City, and it was 5-1 to Melbourne City. We'll go into the full details a little bit later on. And, of course, thanks to Brett Phillips and the uh, commentary team from the AFLW, of course, doing a fantastic job. Uh, Rodrigo Rodriguez with you tonight. Vinny Venezuela, welcome to you. Good evening, Rodrigo. Great to be here. It is uh, final whistle in delay. Of course, but we're here live tonight. So, uh, Warren Diego, g'day. Yes, we're going to make the game feel like it was just played. <laughs> Absolutely. And Carlos Alberto Diego, welcome to Oh, hey, Rodrigo. I'm in my three-piece suit, as I always am on Disco Night, Saturday Night That's Fever. True, Can we just change the name of the show to Saturday Night Fever? Sure. Because, you know. All right. Welcome to Saturday Night Fever here on the uh, Four Diegos. And uh, as I said, it was uh, an emphatic win tonight. Uh, by Melbourne City. Uh, they defeated Wellington Phoenix earlier in the day, 5-1. Uh, we'll go through the goal scorers because it was a procession for Melbourne City. They're Lowry, sleeping now. Well, Lowry game. scored an own goal. They're, they're sleeping. sleeping now. It's two hours. So they're right. in bed now. Oh, yeah, they're on, <laughs> the, they're on the plane City. already. They're, Are they coming back? The, I don't know, but I, I'd say. They've got their own plane, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, they do. Massage, they borrow the one from the Socceroos. Apparently, Massage each tables. player has his own plane. <laughs> That's how much money they've got over there. <laughs> Very <Absolutely>. good. <laughs> hey, just quickly, I mean, Lowry scored an own goal uh, against the flow. We'll talk about that very, very soon in the 20th minute. Fornaroli getting uh, on the score sheet in the 29th. Caceres in the 59th. Kilkenny in the 82nd. Colazzo came on and scored one in the 87th. Barbarousas, uh, you heard it on the call just then, yep. scored an absolute beauty in the 70th minute. Uh, but he missed a penalty um, yes. a bit earlier in the mm. day, actually before Melbourne City scored their first one. And that would have been a different game. It was at Westpac Stadium in front of a whole lot of New Zealanders there tonight. <laughs> Not many New Zealanders. <laughs> well, there were more New Zealanders than Australians. Actually, I, know, I know Warren's got his, uh, his audit tonight. Yep. And I know you thought long and hard about the audit, Warren, 
but I delivered the say, audit straight after the game. You know, you had a crack at me the other day about uh, do I need to apologise to Central Coast Mariners? Yeah, you do, and I don't. You do because I never said anything bad about this version of Central Coast yep. Mariners. But yep. Wellington Phoenix, I'm saying loud and clear, <laughs> and I know we're going all the way over to over the ditch. Over the ditch. This is a Trans Tasman message. I think I know what you're going to say, Carlos. Lee. What the hell are they doing in this competition? Oh, right. <laughs> what the hell? Is Wellington Phoenix doing in this competition? Should it be? The, should it be leave the A League hotline? Oh. <laughs> what is the hotline no, tonight, uh, Vinny Venezuela? Awful tonight. It is the um. Well, it is the Be Happy oh, hotline, that's... Rodrigo. <laughs> no, no, but it's, Carlos it's, has already disproven it's, that hotline. It's the Be Happy hotline because City have won, so you should be happy. He's never happy. Oh, Carlos is a bit grumpy, but he's at a certain age now, Warren. And it's the um, it's the Be Happy Hotline because Sydney have have lost, and it, there's nothing better for for a victory fan than seeing um, Sydney lose. Actually, absolutely. Uh, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. The Be Happy Hotline. Uh, tonight's show is brought to you by Tax Talk. Best on plumbing in the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. It's going great guns. And we've just uh, seen the Sydney Derby, as Vinnie mentioned. Western Sydney Wanderers have inflicted the first defeat <laughs> on Sydney FC. 1-0 Sandalab scoring in the 26th minute. And we'll bring you updates uh, from the Perth Glory and Brisbane Raw game that's starting right now. Has that ended all interest in the top half of the league now? They're so far ahead, Sydney. Victory aren't going to catch them. And now they're not invincible. And they're not so... invincible anymore. That's... And we don't have relegation. No. So, so there is, is there any interest at all? No, Carlos, no, victory, victory will catch them now because, you know, according to Warren, <laughs> according to Warren, City's going to beat Sydney. Yep, yep. So that's going to edge us closer. So, so, okay, you're saying that Sydney are now in a slump. <laughs> they're, 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 they're on the cusp of a slump. It's a predicted cusp. It's a predicted cusp. It's a one-game slump. I think actually they've got another game, and I'm not sure. I, I don't look at the uh, fixture as closely as some, but... I think they've got Melbourne City next week and then another top team the following week. I think the Brisbane? Fist, maybe Brisbane. I'm not sure. But, uh, well, before you a... say something like that, you really should look at the fixtures because we are a radio show that should know. <laughs> he was going one match at a time. But, but Carlos, so, you know, when, when a, when a who high... Who is it, Rodrigo? Keep going. When a high-performance vehicle, when something goes wrong... Yeah. It's out for for a couple of weeks mm. because you know they've got they've got to get the parts moving again. You know it? about the cost of uh, repairing high performance. <laughs> high performance. Vehicles. That's right. That's right. I drive an Italian car. Well, they've got Melbourne City and Melbourne Victory. Oh, there you go. Uh, in a row. So um, that's uh, going to be very interesting. If Melbourne uh, Victory beat Central Coast Mariners tomorrow, which they won't, there's <laughs> there'll be eight points. Quite possibly. The difference yep. uh, between. Uh, are are first you suggesting, and Rodrigo, give it, a, a man who usually sits on the fence yes. and has no opinion at all? Are you suggesting that Victory? Can catch Sydney FC? I'm suggesting they can, but I don't think they will. <laughs> I, I, I feel you're a bit perky, Rodrigo. I think you like the the, the possibility here. I like the possibility, see? but yes. I don't think it's a probability. Uh, see, that's just <laughs> that's why we love Rodrigo. Hey, we've got a big show for you tonight, as I said. Uh, Some of us. Hey, we've got uh, Teo Palazzeri, uh, the FFV media manager, to um, talk about uh, the NPL action. Of course, be good to the speak word to is on the street. You know, the result last night. It's out on the street. You're talking about Port Melbourne Port versus Melbourne, South Melbourne. South Melbourne. It's, in the NPL. It's effectively David taking yep. down Goliath, isn't yep. it? Look, we could be accused of being a little bit biased about that result. We mm. are close to uh, you know, the, the senior member no, of we'll the coaching staff. We'll get tax talk to <laughs> audit the performance last night, won't we? Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. It was, yeah. certainly was a boil over.
Apparently, Port Melbourne are now bidding <laughs> That's for right. the A-League. <laughs> we should push. <laughs> They're putting together a consortium yeah, yeah. as we speak. They've got a ground. Yeah, of yes, course. Very good. Uh, and we've also got uh, Dominic Bossy, a journalist from the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, after 11 o'clock tonight to talk about the uh, Sydney derby that we've just uh, watched. It was fantastic to watch on the TV. It would have been uh, equally as good to be there, if not better to be there, of course. It's nil all in Perth at the moment between Perth Glory and Brisbane Raw. It's we- 11 minutes past 10. I just did that because uh, we needed a bit of disco music, Carlos. Absolutely. It's got me pumped up. I'm prime now. Good. 94291116. It is the Saturday Night Fever Can hotline. We have some BGs, be happy hotline. Yes, BGs. Um, we've got it all happening tonight. We've got KC and the Sunshine Band. Oh, we've got yes. uh, Donna yeah. Summer. We've got BGs. That's because Pedro's only a young guy on yeah. the panel. and that, He, he has to look system. it up. He has to Google Actually, BGs. Pedro, the freak uh, yeah, from Le, Chic. Le freak. I Actually, want that tonight. Yeah, he and said, I want Funky Town. No, no, I want a bit of Bee Gees. Yep. So don't Bee Gees might not even be on Google, Warren. You know, it's pre Google. Pre Google. He asked me if Eminem would disco, and I no. said, <laughs> I said no, they, they weren't. But anyway, um, give us a call nine four two nine eleven sixteen, or send us a text message on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. What did you think? Look, you can call us about the Melbourne City game or the Sydney derby because yep. it was absolutely fantastic to watch, um, and uh, we'll be more than happy to take a call. The Fo- Football Federation Victoria have offered us two mm. NPL. Wow. Season passes, which includes all the NPL games, of course, and uh, obviously the final series, and even the um, preliminary games for the FFA Cup. Wow. So, and plus much more. So, we'll give so one if of you're those. You're a Port Melbourne fan, and <laughs> well, you want to watch them? We'll give one away to two people. So, um, so give us a call, and we'll judge you on the you know how good your call is tonight, <laughs> how right. incisive your call is tonight. Yes, Warren. I'm just going to say, it is a fantastic prize, can I say, and, and worth calling, particularly if you're a Melbourne City fan with no snapper already. I mean, snapper, get on the line. You know, you're often bagged, but tonight you can have your time. So while you've got the mic, uh, Warren, um, mm. so w- what did you think of yeah. Melbourne City's performance? Of course, on the back of that stirring draw last what week do you want? with no. the young guys, was this... No, do you want the analytical... Well, do you want the fan? I want honesty. Okay, you want honesty? Are you are you a happy camper and do you believe that they are now on on the march? I thought I thought they started slowly as you would expect with the number of changes that were made and players coming back into the team and you know Wellington were probably good for a goal early on in the game. They missed a penalty, Costa Barbarossa's missed a penalty. From then went down the other end. Roy Krishna had another chance that probably could have evened so, the game. Can I interrupt? Costa Barbarousas, yet another striker who misses a penalty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. Fair point. Yeah, he's clocking up the data for this for data. theory. You know? He is. Roy Krishna probably could have scored again and maybe evened it up. But I thought the, um, the, the longer the game went, Melbourne City looked better mm. and, and were able to create more chances. I think, to me... That was quite a significant performance by the number of goals. They've struggled to score goals really since the Perth game where they conceded three and scored three and could have had five. They've really struggled to put the ball in the back of the net. So I think that was good. It was interesting. Calazzo went out. Brandan, even though suspended, had started the game before, started again, which I thought was interesting. Tim Cale's obviously, they're just looking to ease his load up after coming back from injury. I was interested in... In the changes, I would say your man, 
Tongich. He made a few errors tonight. Made a few errors, mm. but I think when Jakobsen comes in, I actually think he's probably really forced to go there. Manny Musket, he almost made his mistake a week that caused a direct <laughs> goal, but got through the game. So I thought the performance was encouraging. I think they play Sydney FC at home next week. They'll have to be better again, but a win is good. I reckon something happened to the the Bermuda Triangle and it's now <laughs> over Wellington or something because every time teams go there, and this is Wellington's home ground, it's ordinary football, but in City got better. Like the the first three goals were kind of kind of goals that just happened with without any excitement. Then I think after the the third goal, then they started firing up and the the footy was a bit more fluid and and um, Fornaroli was looking good and he missed a nice one. So pull me down a peg now. No, I'm not, Carlos, I'm go not, on. I'm not pulling you down. I thought it was a great. I, I agree with Vinny. You just go there and get the three points and get out of the town. That's, Unless you're victory. Yeah, it's a smash and grab <laughs> mission when you go there. If you get a result, it's get out of town straight away. You go in with little time to spare and you leave straight after the game because that's all you're there to do. Uh, and not many teams can do that. But they were poor tonight, Phoenix, I've got to say. Uh, and for me, City did what they needed to do and they were terrific with the, with the space they were given. You give Bratton the space he got tonight. Kilkenny. Kilkenny. And, yeah, Caceres, Kilkenny yeah. In midfield, I'm really shocked because I thought they'd be more competitive in midfield, Phoenix, but they weren't. Uh, I still don't reckon City have been, and all they can do is play what's in front of them, but they, I want them to win a game when someone's really red hot, uh, really pressing them hard, really working hard in midfield to close them down because they haven't won a game like that for a long time. No, they haven't. And, and, I, and I think Sydney next week? They certainly will be playing against a Sydney team that will do that to them. If yep. they can win next week against Sydney, and I think the last time they did it was in the FFA Cup final. But they haven't done it a lot since then. And uh, maybe in patches, but they certainly haven't played full games like that. So, look, it's great that they got themselves a point the week before against Brisbane. Three points away from home. A lot of teams go over there and get nothing in Wellington. But, uh, but they still haven't been tested by a team that really puts pressure on their creative types in midfield. I mean, in the first 20 minutes or so, Vinny was saying how, how poor the game was. Wellington could have been 2-0 up at that point yeah, in time. And Fauna Riley was being starved of any service. But then, you know, you get a, go, a goal against a runner play like, like they did the own goal, Luck. and suddenly yep. Bratton gets free run. I mean, you know, really, I ask questions about Phoenix uh, their existence with the way they played tonight. Mm. I, I, You've I, been on their back for 10 years. Well, they've got, to, they've got to bring something to the table. I mean, how many people were there? Do we have a crowd number? No, no, um, they, they didn't uh, tell me, uh, Carlos, but we'll check that out because yeah. it'll be... It was, uh, it was Melbourne City-like, apparently. Oh. Yeah, but it was, I mean, what I'm saying, I think they had Melbourne City had probably a fifth of their crowd there too, by the way. They don't bring anything in by, by way of a crowd. Um, they don't do anything on the field that excites me. They're going to lose Bonavaccia next year. To, he's having out a contract. He refuses to sign one. He'll, he'll go somewhere else. Uh, they'll probably lose one or two of their other good players. What are they doing to bring some value to the table here? And look, you know, people might say, oh, what are you talking about? Because I know people got upset when there was a suggestion they might not have their license renewed. But I'm saying every team, not just Wellington, every team's got to bring some value to the league. And anyone who doesn't needs to be tax talk scrutinised, Warren. Yeah, I agree. Need to be. And, and Phoenix, when they play like they did for 80% of the game tonight, I'm thinking, what the hell are they bringing to the table? 
We've just finished counting, Carlos. It's uh, 6,131. Yeah, right. That's awful. I was and, gonna, oh, sorry, I was going to say that uh, the, that Wellington team, on paper, at least at the start of the year, when they got Finkler and, and Costa Barbarousas, you were expecting more from them than what they've... And given that they've got... Um, uh, Bonavaccia, Bonavaccia yeah. and Roy Krishna yeah, and all those right. guys. You're expecting much, much more from them. So I don't know what's going on there. They yeah. need the team psychologist sacked and, and get a, get a better uh, one in. They, they, they've got to excite Australians. They've got to do something that we haven't got here for us to want them in this league. And I'm talking about get your oh, sign your big marquee player that, that's going to excite us. Because I'm just interested in teams in our league because I don't barrack for any one team. I barrack for the game. I go barrack for the league. Such I just want everyone answer. to bring it's something. Pathetic. Even Central Coast Mariners have Roy O'Donovan, right? I like watching the guy, even when he's a bit combative, throws the elbows around a bit. I like watching that guy. Everyone has to have someone. And even Bonavaccia looks like he's in end of season. He's playing end of season football already. Because he wants out. You can just see mm, it. They look pretty ordinary. Yeah. Hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. give us a call. Yeah, I was going to say, I was, I was interested in Michael Valkanis. He rewarded good play from last week in keeping Caceres and Fitzgerald in. And I think he benefited from that again tonight. They built on their performance last week. I thought Fitzgerald was really good. He set up, he was constantly dangerous. And Caceres was good again. So he didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, and bring everyone in. You know, Calazzo played last week, I don't know, with the changes, whether that was because he was a bit sore or whatever else. But I like the fact that Caceres and Fitzgerald played again. And for Melbourne City to be genuinely competitive, if you look at their bench, they need, I think, those two guys, mm. if they're playing on the bench, to be playing well. And they're going to get, I would imagine, on today's performance, you would imagine they'd play again next week. And I think that's good for, for both of them and the team. I was just going to say that I think Fitzgerald getting the game time He's had, and he's had two sort of back-to-back matches where he sort of imposed his uh, presence. It's got to be good for his sort of own sort of personal, his own confidence. And that's that's right. Even if he doesn't start, you've got a guy that's on the bench who you know is going to deliver. Which it was is good terrific. tonight, Vinny Venezuela. He um, was. Hey, give us a call, 94291116. Let's go to Tom in Greenvale. G'day, Tom. Welcome to the final, well, no, what are we calling it, Carlos? The Disco Inferno? <laughs> Saturday, Saturday Night, night Fever. Right. Yes, I'm confused. G'day, Tom. Evening, uh, Disco Diego's. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I like that better. Yeah, thank you. Um, two points, if I could. Um, our attackers and our midfielders did a well, did a good job, and so did uh, Thomas Sorensen. Once again, well done, Thomas. But guys, realistically, that defence, Musket, Rose, and Malik, are hopeless. And if we played a team with quality tonight, we would have got ripped. Musket makes a penalty. Malik should have been sent off yeah. in the second half. We would have been exposed again with 10 players. And Rose has just looked... None of those three would play in any other A-League team, apart from maybe Wellington. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point, Tom. I tend to agree with you. I mean, two of the two of the best... Two of the players in the back four didn't play tonight in Franich and Jacobs. And I actually like Rose myself. I think as long as he's in a good... In that group, I think he's okay. But I think... Malik, you're probably right. He probably sh- well, he got a yellow, and it was he almost kicked him in the in the private parts. His leg was so high, so maybe you're right there. I think Manny Musket again. He probably only played because Ivan Franich couldn't, and I think he he's shown himself to be quite susceptible but, but this it's season. Not, it's not a t- to be fair to the back four and sometimes the back three. It's not a team that takes defending seriously. They have this. 
They have this theory at City about them being possession bullies. They want to be possession bullies they, in the middle and they, front They third. do. Yep. And because there's all that emphasis on that, uh, their defence looks a bit sloppy and weak and, and sieve-like at times. And, uh, and cause, I mean, Josh Rose is 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 expected to go forward. More he than he is to defend, and really. And goal was because of Josh Rode, Rose. But the, the other side of that is the fact that he's push forward or is out of position and he can't close down the you know the the, the pacey wide men uh, that uh, the opposition have so I, I feel sorry for the defense a little bit at city because the emphasis is not on defending the emphasis is on keeping possession of the ball and trying to get the Fornaroli and and Kale and and these sort of guys uh, to to score goals hey Tom you had another point yeah well then Carlos comes back to the uh, basic point what wins titles not uh, defences win titles, and if that's the case, then we're not going to win uh, the title. Yeah, and Tom, look, I, I don't disagree with that because, uh, you know, the, the age-old you know, argument is that uh, defences wins titles, uh, strikers or forwards win games. And, uh, and you know, but that's their philosophy, and it's a philosophy that's that's been imposed from, you know, from the city group, because apparently they all have this philosophy around the world, and uh, they've just got to get better at what they're doing. Uh, otherwise, they're going to keep on conceding stupid goals. Tom, you there? You, have you got another point, or is that no, your? No, that, that's it. Excellent call, mate. <laughs> hey, um, with thanks to uh, Football Federation Victoria's community in business, uh, which is a wonderful networking opportunity. If you're if you love your business and you love football, this is a place to go. Uh, check them out at communityandbusiness.com.au. We're giving you. Oh, you're going to give it to Tommy. I'm giving it to uh, Tommy. Okay, Tommy, for, well for done, opening mate. opening the batting. Yeah. Um, Tonight, because uh, kickoff, yeah. of course, uh, it's a different sport, <laughs> of course. Hey, Tom, I'm giving you one NPL pass for the season, uh, which includes the finals and also uh, the, the preliminary games of the FFA Cup. So, mate, stay on the line and uh, we'll get that pass to you very, very shortly. I know Tom's a Melbourne City fan. I think he's probably a little bit harsh because I think if you look at finals, I think Melbourne City's for and against is okay compared to. Other teams in the top four. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. Let's go to Snapper at Port Phillip Bay. Oh. G'day, Snapper, who normally kicks off, uh, but didn't tonight. G'day, Snapper. <laughs> Good evening, gents. How are we going? Yeah, very well, thank you. What What do you think of tonight's game? Fantastic. I don't know what Tom's on about about Rose and Musket. I mean, fair income. Um, you're talking about Melbourne City here. We conceded one goal tonight. Wellington pushed and pushed and pushed. Um, in that second half, mid-second half, they couldn't break us. So cut the cut the defence some slack. Um, and that means there's competition when you've got Rose and Malik playing. Don't know about Jakobsen and Franich are injured, but Malik is a good holding centre defensive mid. If you watch the world game, Tom, you will actually see that centre defensive mid around the world that, that are of Malik's quality and, and, his, and his height and agility... They're not exactly the best and the most prettiest players going around, but they get the job done week in, week out. His job is to sit there and make the, the life of a striker a living hell. And he did that, and he did that today. He done well. I don't know what, what Tom was watching. He played really well. As a team, we played fantastic tonight. We won 5-1. There was no negatives. Um, you know, we had Calazzo sitting on the bench. We had Kamau out. We had two of our defenders out. So it wasn't a full-strength city side, but we went over there... Um, we were 3-1 up, and, you know, Wellington pushed. But the, I reckon this is where we, we, we matured tonight and even last week, that we actually held up really well when teams counterattacked us. Like, we were able to be calm, under pressure, and get the ball out. And in that last 10 minutes, we went for the kill, which we Melbourne City does not do. Go, we, we don't go for the kill. 
and we did tonight. We got the job done five one, and you know I, I just reckon it's a, it's a you know an all round team performance. I reckon Calazzo getting the rest and coming on as a sub was was well played by Volcanus. You know Kamal. You know I don't know whether he's injured or just being rested, but it's really good to see that. You know I reckon we're, we're going to start hitting form at the right time of the season. I reckon at mid season. Yes, we, we weren't playing the best. Yes, we had our bad patch and myself and a lot of other criticisers. But I think that now we're actually starting to hit our... We're going to start hitting our straps leading into the finals. And I have a look at our run. And I mean, well, I think we've got three more home games left. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. But, but And the rest are all the way. But we all play the Sydney teams, Bar, Adelaide and Perth. But the rest are all Sydney teams. So... I mean, any, uh, and I think Brisbane one more time. I think I might be wrong on that, but no, you're right. It's pretty much the entire yeah. league except for so, Melbourne Victory. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the run home is not a hard one. It's a decent one. We've just got to now pick up points, win the games at home. I mean, Sydney FC next week is going to be a belter. They've just lost, and everyone's saying they're going to come back strong. They won't come back strong. All it takes is one loss to bring down a team, and that loss tonight they played pathetic. Sydney, I watched it. And they played pathetic. Western Sydney outplayed them. So we've got a chance next week to go home, get the three points, and now really focus on hitting our straps, getting form, and say to Melbourne Victory, who are second, we're only, we're only two games behind them, six points off them. They've got to play some goes tomorrow away. But their run isn't easy. They've got a pretty tough run heading into the final series. Um, so from, from a Melbourne City point of view, I'm looking at them. I'm optimistic. We're going we're gonna to find form at the right time of the year, which is now leading into the finals, and I wouldn't be too surprised if we do finish the season in second, and who knows, it could be a Melbourne City and Sydney Grand Final. It could be, um, Snapper. You're right. I mean, you make some good points, Snapper. I think um, one thing, and I think you'd you'd have to admit, Malik's not in their best team. If you want if you want a defensive midfielder, you know, Kilkenny for me is in that position with Bratton, and you're going to have Rose, Jakobsen, Tongic and Franich as your back four. Malik isn't in the best team for me. And I'll I'll keep judgment on Melbourne City's ability to make a run towards the end of the season and their form in general. I'll do that on the basis of their performance next week. If they can have a FFA Cup type performance and trouble Sydney, I think you're going to think they're going to be a good team. Malik's tackle late in the, in the game, poor. that was... Very, very clumsy, and yes, that's was. that's the reason why I, I wouldn't sort of start it with him at all. Thanks for your call there, Snapper. Really appreciate it. It's 29 past 10. Now give me a beat. Vinny's Best on Ground. With thanks to Best on Plumbing, Victoria's trusted plumbing and drainage experts. If uh, you're a plumber and you're looking for a change in scenery, if you want to go to a different company, they they're, always, no, they're always looking for good plumbers, plumbers professional plumbers. If you're an apprentice, apprentice, if you're an apprentice, give them a call. No, no, I mean Mario will take your call personally. Apprentice. He'll take your call personally. Give them a call on one three hundred best on or check them out at beston.net.au. Vinny, who was best on? Hey, uh, while there was a moment in the game that every Brisbane Raw player liked, and that was when Musket nearly took Bratton out, you know, in the first half, and, and he and he copped it sort of, I think, in in the, in the place a man doesn't want to cop it. The truth is, Bratton had a had a cracker of a game, and so my best on. For the, in that game is Mr. Bratton. There you go. He's back. There's nice, short and sharp there, Vinny Venezuela. <laughs> he was good today. Uh, um, he was Bratton, good. So Luke Bratton.
There you go. There's Vinny's uh, best on ground. Hey, um, if you're on hold, please uh, stay with us. We'll come straight to you right after this break on the Four Diego's Disco Inferno, whatever you want to call us tonight. It is very, very Diego Disco on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Here's Carlos getting down in the studio here tonight. Rodrigo. <laughs> I just want to keep, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going, the chorus. I forgot we were on. Hey, um, there you go, it is Saturday Night Fever with the Four Diegos uh, here in 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of disco. Uh, Melbourne City defeated uh, Wellington Phoenix earlier in the day, 5-1. Uh, there were, uh, it was a procession, as I said, Lowry scored an own goal, uh, Fornaroli, Caceres, Kilkenny and Colazzo all got on the score sheet and Barbarousas for the Phoenix, Warren. With three games of A-League football, there is a bit of night fever in the air. It's been a big day today. Um, Sydney FC lost their first game of the season in the Sydney Derby to Western Sydney Wanderers. 1-0. Brenton Sandlap scored an absolute beauty in the 26th minute there. And, uh, yeah, it was a huge crowd there. We'll get that final figure for you very, very shortly. And at the moment, in Perth, it's Perth Glory and Brisbane Raw. It's nil all in the 27th minute. They're having a break at the 25. must be hot. It's under light. It must be the lights, the heat of the lights. I don't, I don't like these breaks. So you've been thrown because you weren't asked to do the weather tonight, so you wouldn't know. <laughs> Chances are it is hot over there. It's in Yeah, but I don't like the breaks. I think it's a bit soft. Mm-hmm. Nine, I'd get rid of them. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Forty four thousand apparently at the Sydney Derby. Yes, which so is there were pretty good. Bad. Sorry, very, that's very not good. a precise crowd. Let's go to Cell in Berwick. G'day, Cell. Thanks for holding and welcome to Disco Inferno with the Four Diegos. <laughs> hey, boys, that brings me back to our old disco days. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, three very quick things. First of all, you sent me a ticket, uh, an NPL season ticket a couple of weeks ago, and I got that. Thank you so, so much. That's so appreciated. Our pleasure. Have you been to any games yet, Cell? No, I only just got it the other. I only just got it the other week. So you uh, missed the game week. of the season last night. Oh no! Tell me about it, mate. <laughs> oh well. But anyway, doesn't matter. There's, there's plenty more to come. Oh, there's plenty, plenty more to come. Um, also, uh, regarding the uh, two more points the, regarding the city game. Uh, well, my highlight was when uh, Cahill came on. That was my highlight of the game. <laughs> Wait, were you uh, surprised, Sal, that they in the 85th minute? I think they were four-one up at the time. Uh, were you surprised they brought him on? Why, why would you risk him? I, I, I would have thought if they were going to do it, they would have done it in the 75th minute. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And Why in the last five minutes when the game's done? It was nothing? part of their obligation to the crowd over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Good point. Yeah. As I said, my highlight was when he came on for that game. So the less said regarding Phoenix, the better. Yep. And thirdly, boys, now listen, you'll, you'll appreciate the magnitude of this. We're off to Europe soon, my wife and I. And our last country we stop in is England. We get there the day before the last game at White Hart Lane, which is Tottenham Arsenal. Yep. We have tickets in the Bob Nicholson suite. Wow. So I'm sitting at a table with Paul Gascoigne, Azrilo Adilis, yep. and the great and mighty um, Glenn Hoddle. Wow. wow. Did you give one of your Did you give one of your crown jewels for that? For that? Oh, mate, I gave stacks of cash for this. No, Sal, how, how did you manage that? Tell us. You, well, um, is that a tour of some sort? Did you win something? No, no, no. I, I sent him an email and said, "Look, look, I'm a, I'm a Tottenham supporter. I have been for for as long as I can remember because I, I was born in the West in a suburb called Tottenham. Yes, and um, I followed him, and I remember oh, my father and I watching 
every FA Cup final when, when you know, Hoddle scores an equaliser late in the game against the City and then we went on to win the next one, 3-1. And, you know, I could just run them all off to you. And, um, yeah. So I sent him an announcement, look, I'm a big supporter. I'm probably never going to go to Europe again. It's my last time. I'm 51. Um, you know, I have a wife that's legally blind and my wife is legally blind. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to need somewhere where we can sit where, you know, I'm not going to lose her in a crowd and I'm not going to have hassles if, you know, she needs to go to the to ladies' room. I know she's going to be safe and so forth and so on. And they said, look, the best we can offer you, the only thing we could probably offer you is uh, tickets in the suite. They're quite expensive because it's considered a, a platinum game for the year over there. They have, like, platinum... Yep. Gold, silver, bronze, and so forth. Yep. This is a platinum game. Um, these are the prices for the tickets. So let me tell you, boys, they weren't cheap. No, Sal. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm interested because I'm going over there myself, and I know how much the I've got tickets to the Everton Liverpool game, and I couldn't buy seats. I had to buy a, I had to buy a package, and it cost me. It's close to seven hundred Australian dollars for You've those. Been crying poor for years. I have been crying poor, and that's why I had to have a fundraising event called my fifty. That's true. That's true. But uh, were they more expensive than the ones I got for the Everton uh, for the Merseyside derby? Yeah, they were seven. Mine were also seven hundred oh. yep. pounds. Pounds. Pa- pounds. Oh, mine were dollars. So you've done yeah. the yeah, over. Mine were pounds. Yep. So, so the, the 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 thing is, you know. I, if I'm going to go to a game like that with my wife, it can only be in a situation like that. I don't want to risk losing her or anything, mm. you know, getting separated, anything like that. Um, I mean, she's a big girl. She can certainly look after herself. No worries there, but I, I don't want to risk it. And um, and she, she she knows nothing about... Well, she knows a lot about soccer, but she's just not interested. But she'll come with me because she understands what it means to me. And Sal, did you tell her you won the tickets? Is that what you <laughs> Sal, just sit your wife next to Gaza and she'll have a great time. Okay? Uh, hang on, I'm going to one more game too. You're never going to believe the tickets we got here. Um, Barcelona Real Madrid. Wow. wow. Oh. I, I, one of my dreams, Sal, one of my dreams is to do a football lovers tour where you, you go there to Europe. Uh, in the last, you know, the start or probably the the second last week of the season, because they all are pretty parallel. They all finish around about the same time, and I reckon you can manage to get to the last game of an EPL. You can get to a pretty much close to a last game of Serie A, La Liga, all within a two week period. But then you go off to the playoffs, you know, the pub league playoffs during the week in England. So you literally could go every second day to a game. Now it's going to cost you a fair bit of money to do this. But for me, it, it, it would be fantastic. And Sal, I, I've been to a final day game at White Hart Lane, and it's fantastic because at the end of the game, they bring out the players and the, and the fans give their awards to the players after the game. And uh, take the time to get off at the Seven Sisters train, tube station and just walk up uh, Seven Sisters Road to White Hart Lane with your wife and just really soak it in, mate. Because it's usually lovely weather at that time. All the pubs are open. All the fish and chip shops are open on the way up there. And it's just a wonderful day. So I really wish, Sal, you and your wife to have a fantastic time over there. Good on you, Sal. It's just a step up from the Toddy Hotel or the Paradise Club <laughs> over there in Tottenham, mate. Well done. That uh, sounds fantastic. Hope, As Carlos said, hope you and your wife have a wonderful time. Hey, there you go. There's Sal on his way to the trip of a lifetime, really. It's a, he's living oh, the dream. Fantastic. Let's go to Ted in Keeler. G'day, Ted, and welcome to the final whistle. Yeah, evening, 
guys. I love the show. I love all the analysing. and it's oh, thanks, really man. good. No, we don't analyse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Vinny and I don't analyse. We just spectate. Carlos does the analysing, doesn't yeah. he, well, it, is, it is a Carlos lab, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yes. And the town hall meeting. The club. Yes. <laughs> Ted, why don't you analyse? Yeah, just on tonight's game, guys, uh, just a couple of quick points on um, City and just quickly on Victory, but on City tonight... Um, I don't follow either City or Victory, but I've just got an interest in both of them. But Krishna missing a golden chance early and Barbara is just missing a penalty in the first 20 minutes. That could have been 2-0 up. Do you think that would have changed the game I, completely? Absolutely. I mean, I think... Um, but you know what? And I've been counselled by Vinny and Carlos often that scores are scores. And, you know, I think Melbourne City benefited from that, no doubt, and it does change the game. But they didn't score, and I think Melbourne City gradually worked their way into the game and gradually started playing better off the back of those missed opportunities. So I think you're 100% right there. I think uh, Wellington sort of dropped... Well, once Once they went down and once they missed a penalty, I think they were mentally out of the game too and they, ne- they were never able to sort of recapture it. Because usually 3-0 is a dangerous lead to have. <laughs> it is. Because you, know, you, you, get, you get cock-a-hoop and you, you get complacent. But... Uh, and in this situation, it was always going to be more than 3-0. It was a procession. you still well. there, Ted? Yeah, yeah. Just, just quickly, my other point. Just on victory, I agree with a couple of calls before me. That guy said that City's coming good at the right time. I think victory maybe peaked too early because looking at victory draw, drawing with Newcastle last week and then getting beaten 3-0 by Wellington a couple of weeks ago, and now both those teams lost, and um, Newcastle got beaten by the bottom team. So if victory can't beat them, I, I don't think they deserve to be in second spot. Hey, Ted. Yep. With thanks to Football Federation Victoria's uh, Community in Business, which is a, a wonderful networking opportunity, check them out at uh, football, F- F- communityinbusiness.com.au. Um, we're going to give you a season pass for the NPL, uh, including the finals, and also to the preliminary games of the FFA Cup and much more. So, hey, stay on the line and we will give you, uh, you give us all your details and we will get you one of those tickets right to your mailbox. I appreciate that, guys. Thank you. And you know what, what, Ted? There's only one thing we ask you to do when you have those tickets because clearly Vinny and I can't (laughs) analyse and Carlos (laughs) thinks he can, but he can't. If you could become our FFV ambassador, analyst, analyzer, analyst, and get get on and tell us every week what's going on in that competition. What are you doing, Warren? What are you you just just (laughs) employing people? Out in the street. Well, I'm subcontracting the responsibility <laughs> for FFV correspondent. No, no, look. Is absolutely. that fair? No, look. You, you should have told these people that that's what they have to do when they get these tickets. They're not completely free. <laughs> I'm very happy that Ted has won a fantastic prize because community and business is a fantastic thing mm. and it's a wonderful initiative that uh, FFV uh, and, and Anthony Grima, who yes. is uh, the commercial and media manager, um, did a fantastic job last year. I cannot wait um, to uh, to see it this year as well. <laughs> Sorry, Carlos, you just hit your mic yeah, there. Yeah, uh, the little cap. Hey, it's uh, 16 minutes to 11. Come on. Warren's Football Tax Audit. With thanks to Tax Talk, we love to talk tax. Um, if you've got... Uh, any tax requirements, give Dom and the team a call on one three hundred three double six six three nine. They will look after your finances. That's Tax Talk. Warren, who are you going to audit? I'm auditing auditing Costa Barbarousas for missing the penalty because <laughs> first of all, he's a he's an attacker. It was the fifteenth minute too. He pushed the defenders away and said, "No, I'm taking it," and stuffed it up. And second of all, 
the th- you've taken a bit of thunder from me with the crowd, but what I'm going to say is this. I'm going to say that Wellington fans, I'm auditing you for not coming out from under the cover, undercover, to sit and actually pretend or look like there's a crowd today. You all sat up undercover. If you can take your kid off at 80 minutes if your team's in front, you can get out and actually look like you're supporting the team. Because just very quietly, it was a really, really poor, it was a poor look. Because it looked like there were nobody in the stands. There were 6,000 people there. And even I know from being a City fan in a crowd of 6,000, you can sit in a certain location and make the crowd look like it's a lot, lot bigger. It's called in, it's called dressing. And who the and, and Wellington need to employ the guy who counts the crowd at Melbourne City games because <laughs> he's got a way of just making it look a tad better than it actually is. Thank you very much, there, uh, Warren. That is your tax audit with thanks to Hey Tax Talk. It's one all over there in uh, was Perth. Was that a goal? Just a before? cracking goal by Marinko. Yes, yeah, but it was about four and a half foot out. Yeah, it's a bit controversial. <laughs> oh, and uh, and the assistant referee is going to be refereeing <laughs> in I don't know Kalgoorlie yeah, or something next week. Be run out of town. Yeah, but it was <laughs> a good goal around. in the end. It's a home ground. Uh, he'll, Marin- be doing, he'll be doing indoor soccer somewhere, <laughs> Carlos. Soon. Marinkovic scoring and uh, Jamie McLaren scored the first one for Brisbane Road. See, thirty ninth minute. It's one all. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the 40 Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Thanks for joining us tonight on the uh, Disco Inferno edition of the 40 Diego's. Yes, we're freaking out at the moment because it's goals galore in Perth at the moment. The 42nd minute, it's Brisbane 2, Perth Glory 1. It was 1 all just before we went to the break. Um, it's been a big show so far. Melbourne City, early in the day, defeated Wellington Phoenix. Thrashed. 5-1. That was a thrashing. It was a thrashing. Yeah, Warren, thank you. Westpac Use the correct Stadium adjective, In front of please. around 6,000 people. The Sydney Derby, Western Sydney Wanderers won. Sydney FC losing their first game, nil. Santa Lab scoring in the 26th minute. And as I said, it's 2-1 in Brisbane's favour. There's going to be five, games in in this, five goals Perth. in this game tonight. It's it is yeah. wall-to-wall football here on the Diego's. And it's my great pleasure now to catch up with uh, the media manager of Football Federation Victoria and a voice known to SEN. He is a commentator extraordinaire of the world game, Teo Palazzeri. G'day, Teo. Welcome to the show. Uh, good evening, Diego. It's a pleasure to be on. Oh, it's our absolute pleasure. Oh, Teo, first of all, it's Warren here. I need to apologise <laughs> for um, almost getting you out of a job before you're actually doing it because I'm actually... The people that are winning the FFA tickets <laughs> tonight... FFA. FFA, sorry. I'm actually encouraging them to be our correspondents. I actually apologise. So <laughs> before you get started, I'm sorry. <laughs> there, are so, there are so many fixtures uh, that Football Federation Victoria administers that uh, unlimited correspondents and correspondents are um, uh, always welcome. Uh, I thought so you were getting to every game. I thought you were getting to every game to talk to us about every game. They got, uh, they got you a chopper. If, if they had a 24-hour rolling fixture, it still wouldn't be possible. So <laughs> I, by all means, encourage. That's awesome. They say Teo's just put the call out to uh, any budding correspondents for FFE. Give Teo a call yeah. because... Uh, we'll he'll just be give great... you a personal phone number. and a... <laughs> He'll be a great coach yeah. too, by the way. Mm. Now, Teo, I'm going to open the batting with a question tonight. I was walking my dog today past Point Cook's ground and Hopper's Crossing, Hopper's Crossing, I think they play in the second tier of Victorian yeah, football. Yeah, Teo was at that game today. Yeah, I, saw, I didn't <laughs> see him on the other side. And I walked past a, a person that I used to teach and I, te- I said Port Melbourne. And he just, word on the street about the thrashing last night, Port Melbourne thrashing South Melbourne 4-0. It was out in the the burbs. Now, I didn't see the game. Were they as good as what these guys were saying? 
they were certainly excellent, Port Melbourne. They actually have a reputation for starting the season in a blaze of glory, but uh, ending it battling against relegation. So it, it comes as no surprise that they've caught South Melbourne cold here. It, South uh, have been really struggling to click in the first three games they've played this year. And this was a capitulation. Uh, Port Melbourne scored some excellent goals in order to take their chances and win 4-0. But a lot went wrong for South. Uh, it is symptomatic of a season where the big boys and the pre-season title contenders haven't exactly started in fantastic style. Uh, I've just come home from a game tonight where Heidelberg United lost 1-0 at home to Avondale. Uh, so a home defeat for Heidelberg is always a bit of a shock. And uh, just this afternoon, the defending premiers, Bentley Greens, only just squeaked by North Geelong Warriors, who were newly promoted 2-1. So a lot of people came into the season suspecting that the establishment and that the, uh, the big teams would perhaps be all gunning for the title again and you could only afford to lose so many games before being ruled out of the race. But instead, it really is a credit to the depth of talent in the league and maybe clubs being so aware of what's at stake, especially if they were newly promoted and uh, trying to avoid relegation that uh, the, the big boys aren't having it all their own way through the first couple of rounds. Teo, it's Carlos. How much pressure is on South Melbourne? They've, you know, you know in the off-season, they've uh, you know, come out quite strongly about their A-League bid. They've got a consortium together. They're talking about Roberto Carlos being the coach and Drogba being their centre-forward. Uh, how much pressure is on that club and the players and the coaching staff to almost match their words with almost being unbeatable, which they aren't, at the moment, in the NPL? Well, in the reaction comments to their uh, full-time post of the 4-0 defeat last night, the one that got the most likes was the one that said, don't worry, Barcelona lost 4-0 this week too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think that the, the response is that the A-League bid is a separate entity to how they perform in the NPL season. Yes, it, it, it's not the, the greatest look to be given a hiding of that magnitude, but they'd be uh, devastated by that result, regardless of whether they were trying to agitate to get into the A-League or not. So I do think they're two separate entities at the moment. And we know that NPL-level football is you know, semi-professional and a different beast to what the A-League would be. And uh, certainly the A-League uh, momentum will keep bubbling along, I'm sure, until the criteria is released and then, then the conversation will change. So, Taya, how, how well or how far down the track is Port Melbourne's bid for the A-League now? Um, oh, look, I think there's a few in front of them. Um, in, all, in all seriousness, it is actually good to have this level of publicity coming into the NPL, though, because let's not forget, a lot of people might not have uh, seen or heard or paid attention to South Melbourne since the NSL finished or, or since you know the, the odd FFA Cup tie here and there that uh, South Melbourne has participated in, and uh, they can go and see them every week if they get good crowds. There was a 1,500-crowded balloon on uh, Monday night, and a huge audience of 15,000 unique viewers watching uh, online in order to you know, launch the league with a big marquee occasion. So it's all about bringing people back, but it's also about uh, football fans discovering this level of football and that it's football with real consequences. Two teams get relegated at the end of the season. The third one goes into a relegation playoff. There are no dead rubbers in this league, and it, it really is football where there's, there's pressure and tension. And if you go and stand on the sidelines... You, know, you can get that sort of local feel of being close, but you could also be in a two or a 3,000 crowd on any given weekend. Teo, Vinny Venezuela, another team that's got a bit of pedigree in history for, for excellence is Melbourne Knights, but they also had a loss. Is that just uh, an unlucky thing at the, at the top of the season? Uh, Melbourne Knights have, have got a team that's trying to prove a point this year. They've got a lot of ex-A-League talent. Uh, Jason Hicks, the former Kiwi international. Jake Barker-Dash, who bounced around the A-League for a bit. 
They've signed a guy from uh, the South Australian NPL called Elvis Kamsua, who has already scored two goals this season, and he does the full somersault flip after every goal. So <laughs> you get a little bit nervous that the, uh, the the hamstring might go pop as he, he goes acrobatically away celebrating. But Knights won't care if he flips every week because he's, he's scoring goals. <laughs> does he also have a, some scarves that he gives that, that he wipes his sweat on and gives to the fans? Apparently, on the he plays in the Elvis jumpsuit. In the jumpsuit, did he? He's perfectly named, really. Uh, <laughs> the, the headlines write themselves. But, uh, yeah, look, Melbourne Knights will be aiming for the top six again this season. But it was actually uh, Davey Van Schiff, the son of uh, the former oh. Melbourne City coach, John, that played a huge role in Pasco Vale, rolling them last night in the form of victory man, Michael Ferrante, that scored the winning goal. So mm. it, it doesn't really matter who the opponent is. Uh, there is that ex-A-League quality that, uh, or the, the quality players, someone of a Davey Van Schiff's calibre that, play at every club and you know, even in the second tier um, to, I, I noticed that Melbourne Victory were reminiscing and, and reliving play by play their 2007 grand final win tonight well the man who scored five goals in that match Archie Thompson plays in this league and he was up on the board of playing for Murray United today how did he go there Tao that uh, you were talking about Elvis and a bit of flair <laughs> um, how did uh, the king Archie Thompson go well it wasn't good news uh, <laughs> oh, no. his Murray United team lost 2-0 to the Eastern Lions and to make matters worse, Archie Thompson uh, took a penalty kick and hit the crossbar. Oh, you're no. kidding! <laughs> a, a huge crowd at uh, the Latrobe University in Wodonga. Archie's now played two games for Murray. He came off the bench last week against Melbourne City. He started today. Uh, not sure how many more appearances he'll have. They'll probably mainly be at home. But yes, unfortunately, uh, hit the crossbar today and his team did go down. Teo, uh, what's your... You know my theory that uh, <laughs> strikers shouldn't take penalties... <laughs> Can you help me gather data at MPL level, please? Because uh, I think it's very important to prove. Because my my thesis is that a defender just takes a a more potent penalty. Um, you might be onto something this week. Uh, a couple of the penalties that were taken around. I think actually the penalty strike rate for this weekend in the NPL has been pretty low. But uh, look, I'm not going to co-sign with you on that one. We all know that. Goal bonuses can play a pretty important role in a striker's uh, life, and it, it's hard to rip the ball off them sometimes. Tay, I was just going to ask about um, ex A League players. Are they are they evenly? I mean, first of all, Victoria is it a place that we get ex A League players from across Australia coming, or do they tend to, if they've played in Melbourne, they stay in Melbourne? What's the movement of players like from state to state, and is there a a good mix of ex-A-League players going back, as they do with the VFL, going back and playing um, for these teams? No, pretty unequivocally, Victoria is the destination league for every other NPL in the country, with the exception of New South Wales. So uh, the, the Sydney League tends to retain its own talents and not do a great deal of interstate recruiting, whereas Victoria is very much the home of any ambitious South Australian or West Australian, and in particular Queensland players, that want to push themselves and get themselves in the shop window to that next level. Uh, ben Litvin, who you might recall went from Queensland's NPL to the Wellington Phoenix, didn't get much of a look, especially after Ernie Merrick got sacked. He's now at the Bentley Greens and he scored today. And uh, it's typical across not just the top division, but the second division. I actually popped by Moreland City's match against Bendigo City today. And the man who scored the match-winning goal was Arpai Kuno. He'd previously played at the Brisbane Strikers and actually thought that moving to the second tier in Victoria was still pushing himself to that next level as opposed to staying in Brisbane. So it's definitely the destination league for ambitious players in other states. And it's actually starting to infiltrate 
the women's league as well. Um, that season starts next week, and there'll be players from Perth Glory, Adelaide United, Brisbane Raw, all of whom who've moved to Victoria to try and play at a higher standard. So it's starting to become symptomatic of uh, football for both the men and the women. Look, if um, if you're listening and you you want to see some fantastic uh, local football, the NPL is. Uh, the place to to go really. There are some great teams, and and Teo, um, in in closing this conversation, um, the season started off really well with some interesting results, and as you said, there are some very very decent, very good players playing in the NPL. So uh, hey, keep the, keep up the good work, and uh, we'll try and get you on a bit more uh, this year and have a chat about Victorian football. Anytime, guys. Like the NPL Victoria Facebook page. Can't go wrong from there. There you go. Thank you very much. There's Teo Palazzeri, the media manager of Football Federation Victoria, amongst uh, other things that he does. I was wondering whether a team could get us out. We could maybe do a bit of commentary. Carlos could hold a town hall meeting, possibly, at the ground, and Vinny and I could just... Spectate. Uh, Warren, pre-show we have a meeting and we discuss things. <laughs> but you're just throwing stuff out the air today with gay abandon and it bit, concerns me. I was a bit late today. <laughs> you were a little bit late today. Uh, hey, just in recapping, Melbourne City defeated uh, Wellington Phoenix 5-1. It's 11 o'clock. Carlos's Young Gun. With thanks to the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. If you want to uh, check them out, uh, it's a fantastic academy. Uh, give them a call on 9409-8800. This is their first year. They've got the wonderful facilities. Um, Simon Colosimo is the patron of the academy, and uh, they are promising some fantastic things. So, Carlos, who is your Young Gun in the Melbourne City and Wellington Phoenix Absolutely. Game? It's a player that Warren hates. He's on the record as saying he's not a good player. He'd like to move him on from Melbourne City, but he <laughs> Proved Warren wrong, and he ran right there. Nick Fitzgerald, the young kid who did so, so well for Melbourne City tonight, uh, marauding up and down those wings, cutting in. He actually created a couple of goals. And uh, he scored a couple himself. Just a young guy who works very, very hard. He, you know, he's not one of these guys that has, um, you know, the star factor around him. But he certainly is a very important player, especially during this period where they're trying to find their feet at the moment. Irrespective of what Warren says about the fact that he hates him, he <laughs> hates him. He not just doesn't like him, he hates him. That's a pretty strong uh, word. Well, yeah. We, <laughs> is, it, is it Redmayne like yeah, yeah, yeah. hate? Yeah, he wants to end his career oh, like Redmayne. He uh, but he just proved Warren wrong tonight. He had a wonderful game against uh, Wellington. Well done. Young Nick Fitzgerald. There you go. That is the young gun with Can thanks to the something? Northern Football Academy. <laughs> it's half time in Perth and uh, Brisbane Raw are 2 1 up at the moment. It looks like a really good game at the moment. Let's take a break and come back with more of the Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Welcome to Saturday Night Fever here with the Four Diegos. Oh, no. Bit of KC and the Sunshine Band. See yeah. what happens when you put music that uh, Warren likes on. Give it, it up. It is a sight. It's a yep. pity we weren't recording uh, video recording this because um, it's a pity we didn't record what happened off air well, because apparently now that's all on yeah. air. I, yeah, I was a. I, I grew up in the city, so I went to the proper discos. I grew up right? in the country. Where, which discos did you go to in the country? <laughs> I actually went to the Nathalia Football Club disco. discos. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, and did you I get went, punched up if you if you if you're too good a dancer? 
Yeah, no, and I went to Shepherd, and if it was a really yeah. big night, that yeah. was about 40k down the road. Yeah, the, so, the was, locals don't like the good dancers. Was there a big uh, Bachelor and Spencer's ball in Kyabram? <laughs> yes, there was. The, the, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, notorious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have gone there. I never went to Kai oh, that that's, much. That's a bit yeah. of, no, you always tended to go to... No, yeah. but Nathalia Footy Club used to have a decent disco. Yeah. Oh. I used to used to go to the woolshed parties in Ballarat. <laughs> oh. yeah. That's right, you spent some time in Ballarat Absolutely, I was a Ballarat you? boy. Oh, well, there was a few good discos in Ballarat, yeah. which Canopy Carlos Club. and I both would have... Power frequ- Station, Kennedy Club. Yes, we would have frequented those. More recently, the Sportsman's Bar. Yeah, Alistair Clarkson cut us yeah. way through the Canopy Club. I just, Did that's he? A bit really? Of a rumor. Yeah, he was a couple of years ahead <laughs> of me. It's got nothing to do with football, but if uh, you've got an old memory of a disco <laughs> around your neck of the woods, give yeah. us a call tonight, 9429 1116. Names. Maybe, maybe a football discos. club disco. Football if you club went, disco. If you're soccer, yeah. soccer club disco. Um, you know, I was down at the Werribee Italian Social Club many times. <laughs> sure they used to get the strobe light yeah, happening and all that yeah. sort of stuff. The, the, it was fantastic. Revolving silver ball. The names of discos you've visited in your time. No, if no, you want to football club discos. They're the ones yeah, that we want. The Thalia Footy Club disco. Yeah. It was 5-1 today. Melbourne City defeating Wellington Phoenix. Lowry scoring an own goal. Then Fornaroli, Caceres, Kilkenny and Calazzo's coming on and scoring. The only guy who didn't score was Sorensen, really. Yeah, that's true. And Barbarossa scored an absolute beauty. If you can see that uh, in the 70th minute. He missed a penalty in the 15th minute, but it was at Westpac Stadium in front of around. 6,000 people, uh, and uh, yeah, it was an interesting game to watch. The Sydney Derby was run and one. We'll catch up with uh, Sydney Morning Herald uh, journo uh, Dominic Bossi a little bit later on this hour, very, very he's soon. He's writing copy he as is. we speak. He's ready to file there under a supreme pressure, those guys. They press mm. send. By the way, Sorensen, Sorensen mm. yep. has not improved with ball at feet. <laughs> I've got to say, he, was, he nearly got caught out a couple of times yeah. today. And uh, he's not doing himself any favours when Bazanich is ready because uh, he's not improved at all in his time sitting on the bench he saved with his distribution. Bazanich is Bazanich going to play for in keeper? Oh, did I say? He's sorry, uh, yeah, that's, sorry, a rare, that's a rare error on your behalf, Carlos. Just there. As I was saying, uh, Western <laughs> Sydney Wanderers won Sydney FC nil. It's two one at half time in Perth, and Brisbane Raw are in front of that game. Uh, very interesting game at the very moment. Very good. So. T- you know what? McLaren's hitting form again. Well, he's been in good form recently, but uh, they're a good side. And you know the man, I think, from your town hall meeting that you held up in Brisbane, yep. where particularly when they played in China, our man, Tommy mm. Orr, started to get in good form, and he's hit good form. And there's no coincidence that Brisbane are a far better team yep. when Tommy Orr's playing well. I've got to say, uh, in he was doing very well for a couple of years in, um, in, in uh, Holland, playing as a, an attacking midfielder, almost number time, uh, 10 driving from midfield. But I never got to see him play at all. For the Socceroos, he used to play more of a left flanker, and that's all I saw him as. And, uh, and I really couldn't understand what he looked like in that position, but I'm starting to see it now. The power he's got in his legs, and when he's in the mood, uh, I'm, I'm seeing him rebuilding his career. He hadn't really played a good he's game. He's one of the best crosses. Yeah, but he hadn't played well for a couple of no. years. He'd lost his way. I thought he. I, I was wondering. You ended his career. No, no. I, I was Off wondering air. whether he was ever going to recapture, uh, you know, that form and the the confidence he used to have. But really, in the last couple of weeks, and you know, all credit to John Aloisi. You know, uh, he didn't play him straight away when he came back last year. He's had to earn his spot in the team, and uh, now he's showing the fruits of that. And you know, that's great for Australia too because you get a player like him. Uh, at, at a real confidence level, that means he'll be knocking on the door for I, the soccer. I think too. he's very good, but I don't think he scores enough. And and what I mean by that is he gets himself into some fantastic opportunities, but just does, doesn't have that finishing touch yet that he needs. That I don't, he think, probably I don't had. think he's had. I, no, I don't think he's had a. He's one of those. He's like a lecky. 
Matthew Leckie, mm. as much as we're all saying, you know, he doesn't score enough for Australia, well, he's never been a prolific scorer. But what I'm Except saying for is... Adelaide, yeah, he used to be uh, used to score, but really, since he's been overseas, even for the Socceroos, doesn't score a oh, lot He doesn't of have to score a bag of goals, but I'm saying that when, mm. he, when he gets in positions, even in the A-League, where he should be scoring, he doesn't always score, but he does a lot of work to yeah. get himself into the right spot. And so, until he does that, I don't think he's, he's quite there yet. Yep. Give us a call, 94291116. What do you think of the Melbourne City and Wellington Phoenix game? And if you've got some thoughts on the Western Sydney Wanderers and Sydney FC game, which we'll cover with uh, Don Bossy in about uh, 15 minutes' time, just off the text message here, boys, on 04339811116. Absolutely. Stop laughing, boys. The Purples know how to throw a party. That's Ben from <laughs> Shep. Who are the Purples? Hey, Nathalia. Are they? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Purple yeah, yeah. and gold. The yeah. vi- they used to disrespectfully call us the Violet Crumbles. <laughs> but actually, Nathalia weren't always purple and gold. They're actually magpie colours, and then yeah. we moved to purple and gold. But, yeah, there is a good party to be had in yeah. good old-fashioned Nathalia. Oh, no doubt. And uh, M in Doncaster East, spinners at Lakeside Oval in South Melbourne okay. in the 80s. Okay, spinners. I thought it was redheads at, Lake, at, Lake, at Lakeside. There was two redheads there, yes. at Lakeside. <laughs> there was a redheads uh, disco. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where that was. Was that, that a pub? That, that was a pub. No, no, it was under the grandstand there at, uh, at Lakeside. And, of ah. course, there's always the carousel. That's true. Yeah, yeah by the lake. just around the lake. Yep. yep. Richmond Footy Club uh, had a pretty good uh, Upstairs. disco. Upstairs. Yep. Uh, that's not well, soccer yep. related, obviously. But, uh, hey, 04339811116. Hey, Disco Diego's, I see that uh, ref Chris Beath has had an impact on the Sydney Derby <laughs> like he had on the Melbourne Derby three weeks ago. Professional ref, FFA, wake mm. up and do not give this ref another Derby game. He just wants to be talked about. That's Tom in Green. Actually, that's really good. Who overturns the bad, the non-called penalty? I don't know, but uh, he didn't actually get it wrong uh, in the victory. No, game. no, he got it wrong. Tonight, I've come but, to accept yes. that he got it right. Yep. Just the way that the decision was made was a bit silly. Just uh, off the text here, Roger Mount Eliza, the best soccer club disco would have to be in Myrtleford uh, Sequoia Soccer Club. And after a good dinner dance. <laughs> yes. It's nothing like a good disco yeah, after a good dinner dance. Yeah, the, the, when you're talking about the soccer club, especially the Italian Social Club in Werribee, it's yeah. a dinner dance, really. That right. yeah. turns into a disco later on. <laughs> For the kids. Yeah. 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 yeah, you've got to work. Someone's brought his iPod. Because Tony Pantano usually does Tony the floor Pantano. show. And then someone brings his iPod, sticks it in, and there's, there's your disco. <laughs> no, no, they bought their tapes. Yeah, they put right. it in the that's tape right, recorder. Right. Tell us about your favourite football disco, 0433 <laughs> Of course, uh, we're talking about Melbourne City, and uh, they've got some big game, the big game next week. Jakobsen and Franjic coming out to improve them. Car- um, Warren, you, in the first hour, you talked about uh, how they're improving steadily. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think they can beat Sydney FC? I think they've, well, they've beaten them at Amy Park well, no, once now, already. Now. Yeah, I do. Given no, that Sydney, yeah. as you said earlier, in a slump. Or yeah, Carlos no, I, I, I do think they can. You're clutching. You're just clutching at hope. No, no. That you are. Carlos. Because Sydney weren't bad tonight. As a victory fan, I'm clutching at hope too. I'm hoping that they beat them. I think Melbourne City can compete very hard. There's, with, no, there's with, nothing in their performances last week and tonight that suggests mm. that they'll beat Sydney. They've been better, of course. Did I there's suggest... Nothing, there's nothing at all in what they produce there at Wellington or against Brisbane last week that tells, that gives us an indication, gives us any evidence at all that they can beat Sydney next week. I thought Rodrigo asked me for my opinion. <laughs> That's all right. Now, we're paid to give opinions, <laughs> and I'm saying it may be a tad biased, but it's an opinion. There's no reason why Melbourne City can't compete very, very, very well with Sydney and win. No reason. 
Sydney played well tonight. On another given night, Sydney would have won, could have won 3-0. So I wouldn't worry. They walk off the field tonight. I don't even think, I don't even think in themselves they were worried about this so-called undefeated season. I don't. But are they invincible? No. When it comes to finals, they may win the Premier's plate by 11 or 12 points. And they probably will. But I wouldn't think that that automatically makes them favourite for the finals. Now, you might find that a tad confusing, Carlos, because <laughs> it's very yeah. difficult for you to understand anything I, except I'm, the simplest I'm things. I'm very glassy-eyed right now listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen a beautiful goal, yep. being, team goal being scored by Perth Glory uh, against uh, Brisbane oh, Roar. Oh, the boys are looking heel. at it now. Risden uh, 2. Yeah. It's it's too all now, um, and it's uh, a cracking game to yeah. watch. While you know, I didn't. Talking. I thought he won. I thought he won the uh, golden, the best player Who, last that? week. Who's that? The man from Perth with the beard, <laughs> Castro. Castro. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was coming to me. Yeah, I thought he sort of won it, you know, and Fornaroli should have won it last season, but there's been more Perth games in my face this season. And he is perhaps the best player that's ever played wow. in Australia. <laughs> wow. I thought it was Fornaroli. No, I think Castro he, might have him. He's, uh, he's, only, he's only really hit his form in the last three oh, or four but weeks. He is, he yes. is brilliant. He's backed he is, up a good season, He's fantastic. I mean, he's a, crea- a creative type that scores goals. I mean, Bruno scores in the, in the forward half and... Castro sets them up, yeah, scores yeah, them. Yeah, you know, he, he, he delights. He delights fans. You know, with a whole game that he plays. They've, they've got a game. they've got a good um, front three, haven't they, Perth? Though, yeah, Taggart, Taggart, mm. Castro's up there. Keo, Keo. Jeez, it was a beautiful goal. Hey, just off the text message here. Grew up in Manangatang. Oyen Blue Light Disco was a highlight on the social calendar. <laughs> Oyen, did you get there? No, no. And uh, can that too many cops? Too many cops. Is that at the footy club <laughs> or the trotting club at Oyen? Where was the location? Because no disrespect to people from Oyen, but to me, it's mm. a bit off Broadway. <laughs> Just a you know, Oyen's a little bit off Broadway, but I'm sure there was a Chasers franchise there <laughs> in Oyen. <laughs> you know, that would be part of the Chasers Wimmer franchise <laughs> because you'd have different places. You'd have you'd have a disco in Caniva yep. and Oyen. Yep, and I know all those places because. I know a few, I know a couple of people I went to uni from all those little places, yeah. Oyen. But Oyen's got a trotting track, and I wonder if the Trotting Association had a disco <laughs> at the trotting track. Because normally in those places, the football field or the soccer field is on the inside of yep. the trotting track. So there you go. Well, get him back. Warren. Get him. Get him to text us back. And uh, oh, thank you. You just did that. Um, inflation. Just a one-word uh, yes. uh, response there. That was always a big thing. Uh, it was either the grain store, the yeah. underground, or inflation. Inflation's had the, had the different floors. Mm. Like, had the, had, had the ones, was that the one in the city? Yes. Yeah, King Street. Yeah, King Street. Didn't yeah. the Hippodrome have the different floors too? Yeah, no, inflation had the different floors where they had the slow dancing floor. Right. If you felt romantic. <laughs> yeah. And you had the real Johnny, Johnny Travolta, let's, let's take up the dance floor. But your VIP drink cards yeah. were on the top floor, yeah. weren't they? Which one did you prefer, Carlos? I was El Fortino's in Footscray. <laughs> That's what I love. I'm pretty sure I saw your bunnies once. <laughs> Dave, uh, but by the way, the, the, the lasagna at bunnies that came out. That is, that, that is unbelievable where a disco yeah. would serve lasagna. Yeah. Anyway, um, Dave in Cranbourne, the only redhead at South Melbourne was Mickey Peterson. Uh, was he redhead? I don't think he was redhead, but anyway. Yeah. Hey, well, Peter in Cheltenham, well, Disco Diego's, keep up the great music, just like in Wellington today. Peter in Cheltenham. Oh, Pete, I'm glad. Um, 
Yeah, Pete was having a go at me a couple of weeks ago when he was at Bruce Springsteen, yeah? Yep, yeah, Pete. yeah, that was Pete. Pete's your mate, isn't he? He's a Liverpool supporter yeah, he's there, a Liverpool yep. supporter. Hey, um, we're, Melbourne City uh, defeated Wellington Phoenix uh, today 5-1. Uh, Lowry scoring an own goal. Fornaroli, Caceres, uh, Kilkenny and Colazzo scoring for Melbourne City. Barbarossa scoring in the 70th minute at Westpac Stadium. The Sydney Derby, which we'll talk to Dominic Bossi very, very shortly. Uh, Western City Wanderers defeated Sydney FC 1-0 in front of 44,000. A very controversial right at the end there, and we'll talk to Dom a little bit about that. It is is two all in a pulsating game between be Perth Glory in this game. and Brisbane Roar. It's a 53rd minute. Six goals. Tonight's show is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing and the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Four Diego's on a disco night here at the Diego's <laughs> on 1160 in SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Welcome to Saturday Night Fever with the Four Diego's here on a Saturday night. Thanks for joining us on the disco edition of the Diego's. She's uh, still alive. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. No, I think she actually passed away just recently. Oh, yeah. um, no, it's a fair question. But um, <laughs> sorry for asking. I don't know her Yet personally. Again, something no. that could be asked off air, Warren. <laughs> yeah, that's but, right. Uh, you could Google that. You've got we can check computers that. Computers everywhere, internet everywhere here. Yeah, <laughs> could be Google. actually, yeah, no, just, just no, recently no. in twenty twelve, it was. <laughs> because condolences to her family who listened to us. By the way. You're the one that sits with the computer screen in front of you. I can't Google anything. And before you ask, Whitney's also no longer with us. No, I knew about Whitney. Oh, good. I knew about Whitney, yeah. but We're... I didn't know about Donna. Oh, no, that's She okay. wouldn't have been you... an old woman. Oh, no, she was, uh, yeah, she was and... big in the 70s. And, and um, Michael's so... gone. Michael's gone too, Warren. Yeah, no, that's... Um, Bublé. Michael Jackson, no, Bublé's oh, still around. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know, we know you love the him. The bubble's still around, I'm glad. Hey, um, 0433981116, tell us uh, the disco that you used to frequent yeah. uh, back in the day. Um, just off the text message here, um, Metro was obviously yes. one. Um, the most famous was the Underground and the Hippodrome. Um, yeah, the Hippodrome. Here's an interesting one. What about the Child Disco? <laughs> That's Chow, was in Hello or Goodbye in Italian. At Dandenong Town Hall in the 80s was the Young Kids. Chasers back then, I progressed to Chevron and Madison's by 16. Wow. Chevron had the best hot dogs. Mr. Squeeze after the warehouse was also good. Yeah, you know, actually... If we had a prize, you'd be getting no, it. Oh, and, and, you and I think that raises a really, really good point. The, the disco, the food related or the van outside or close by yep. or nearby... Could make or break it. It could make or break it. Yep. It was all... It was part of the experience. The Menangatang Town Hall was the Mallee version of the tunnel after the races back in the day. At Menangatang races, yep. I want to know whether another one comes to mind where I spend a couple of Sunday nights. Uh, Sundays? It was the uh, Gamas at Exhibition Buildings. Right, okay. Yeah, that right. was big. I'm surprised it hasn't got a town hall in the name there, no. Carlos. <laughs> what was your preferred... No, the Italian dinner dances where I was forced yeah, right. to go with a Broadmeadows town hall. It was always hall. a town hall, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Essendon town hall, Broadmeadows town hall, Mooney Ponds town North hall. North Melbourne. North Melbourne. What was your preferred food after the disco? The hot dog was all my, no, was my particular Anything that gave favorite. me heartburn. Yeah. <laughs> I used to go... Twins or lambs? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. twin in yeah. Ligon Street. Mm-hmm. Hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Marcus is a bit of a disco uh, disco child from South Melbourne. G'day, Marcus, and welcome to the Four Diego's. Oh, where is Donna Summer when you need her? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently alive and well, Marcus. <laughs> well, not really. In Argentina. 
gentlemen, uh, Owen's up in the Mallee, not the not the Wimmera, because my hometown no. was <laughs> the Wimmera. My hometown. It's the Wimmera Mallee, Marcus. Come on. My hometown was just out of uh, Redcliffe's Cardross when I was a kid. Oh, and, yes. Uh, if you drove, if you turned right to, to Oyen and drove to Redcliffe's, it was an hour to get there and there was no nothing in between. Yeah, nothing. no, that's a bit further than me. Nathalia was about 40k from anywhere, but that's all right. So, Marcus, which uh, discos did you frequent in, um, in the Mallee? Uh, well, there was the Redcliffe's Club because you couldn't have a disco in the pub or they'd steal the equipment. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and I do know where I do know about Menangatang. I had a friend at university whose dad used to drive the Chinkabook school bus, which is just out of Menangatang. It's sort of a suburb of Menangatang. It's got a tennis court and two silos. And the disco that I used to hang out. The most was Angels. Does anyone remember that? Yeah, um, it rings a bell. It rings a bell. So down any down any down football down club, road. given that we're a football show, Marcus, <laughs> any football club discos or after parties or stuff that uh, you may have frequented? All the discos up the country I mentioned were run by the football club. The one I used to like was under the gardener stand at Carlton uh, when they had the disco going down there and uh, if they played home matches, Members could go into the disco, and uh, you, you remember the Robert Heatley stand? Yes, at yep. the end, the gardener stand was the old one with the pillars, just around to the left of it. And the social club wouldn't tolerate anything like discos. That's where the <laughs> players went, and you had drinks and cafe lattes. <laughs> looked at the boards, which had millions of sponsors on them, and look how rich we are. So all the players and supporters would scoot round under the gardener stand to the footy club disco and uh, run amok. There you go there, Marcus. Thanks for those uh, memories. Really appreciate your call uh, there tonight. Um, so, Warren, not Wimramelli. Yes. It, they're separate. Anyway. Again, you can Google that too. Yeah, you can. Hey, just off a no, text I, message here. I would argue with Marcus. Yeah, it's... no, fair enough. I've always heard it referred to as the Wimramelli. Yeah, um, thank you. Bobby McGee's is one that uh, mm. I remember as well. I David... had a medallion pass for Bobby McGee's. <laughs> you would have been even as well. <laughs> you would have walked through. Did you ever get a drink card at a disco, Carlos, when you were Never. cutting a sway through Werribee? Never, because I was one of the underage guys who got in with the three-piece suit. 14-year-old that looked 18. I used, so. to get, I used to get one at the boardwalk in Banana Alley. Does anyone remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Why were you getting a drink card at the boardwalk? Oh, just let's say, you know, we were doing business with uh, one of the owners. <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, not 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 uh, bad business or anything like that, but uh, the old drink card. Yeah, it was very good actually. Very very nice place. Um, Silvers, uh, yes. yes, yes. Checkpoint Charlie. Mm-hmm. Chriso um, is telling us that Checkpoint Charlie's uh, was his favourite. So if we were really smashed, it was pizza at Topolino's. Oh, yeah, on the way home. Yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. There you go. Twenty um, first in Frankston had a revolving dance floor. Yeah, we remember that. Et Edwards Tavern, outstanding and hot dogs, brilliant. Double dogs, Chadston. Always quality. Um, the eighties, the Mansion nightclub in St Kilda. I remember yes. that. I remember the Mansion. You got a roast tea with entry. If it was sit down meal, roast lamb, gravy, and veggies. <laughs> <laughs> Colin in Eltham, and then he used to dance it off. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> you know how the the disco was invented in America? Was the disco with a three course meal invented in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have. I remember the Mansion. Um, 
There was a bit of an older crowd there too, wasn't there? Um, Colin and Eltham. Uh, yeah, over 28. Yeah, you would have had a good time there as a young man. <laughs> Did they ever police that really? I, I don't think it's actually come in over the SMS, but Rodrigo, you mentioned off air, Toc H. Toc H. Which was, was over 28s. Yeah. yeah. And they were the youngest over 28s I've ever met. Yeah, and it was a novel when uh, four boys from the western suburbs turned up to <laughs> Torak. Carlos, you were yes. a little bit nervous when you oh, turned yeah, up. Oh, yeah, no, the, the place where I was completely out of uh, out of place. I mean, I used to star in the western suburbs. <laughs> I'd walk in, I'd be... You, you, I'd, I'd divide, you were best on. I'd divide the crowd. It was like Moses walking through. <laughs> but when I walked into Casey's in Hawthorne, oh, yes, yep. completely out of my depth. Somebody has mentioned the 21st Century Dance Club in Frankston, yep. haven't they? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. When good. you walked into Casey's, yep. security were on to you in about two seconds late, <laughs> oh, yeah. weren't they, Carlos? Yeah, yeah, no, no. They knew where you yeah. were from. <laughs> you yeah. didn't belong. Yeah, the three-piece suit, certainly, and the body shirt did yeah. not uh, augur well. That was the tan three-piece suit, yeah. yeah. And you had the, the shirt with the frills on it, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have uh, Jerry Sons, uh, John puppy Seinfeld's shirt. puppy shirt, but I certainly had the, the beige, uh, the, the off-brown, the body the shirt, yeah. I remember before when we were talking with uh, Sal, who lives in Tottenham, that the Toddy Hotel was a notorious place. But then they changed it into a place called the Paradise Club. That's right. Which was a disco. Yep. And um, Hot Gossip. Yeah, Hot Gossip was the other one. And then you moved on from disco to, like... Pub band venues. Now, that's West another side. topic. All West side? the tarmac, yes. West Side. Like the disco, then became. It then moved on to the live band venues, and yeah. I was shocked as a young kid when you go into these venues and the floor. It was just a concrete floor, <laughs> yeah. so they could just yeah. wash the place out afterwards. Yeah, there was one, they, one Ray, they had to close down uh, because of the behaviour of the 4D club <laughs> in uh, <laughs> uh, St Albans. Oh, that was in your stopping ground. Remember the 4D club in St Albans? I do. Aren't we yeah. named after the... Midnight Oil at the tarmac, oh, uh, Lauren. Oh, yes. And the oils, are, the oils are touring you know, again, James, my God. Yeah, James Rain... Chucked a wobbly one day at the yeah. tarmac, I remember. How does Maddie Mackay play with... with uh, oh, no. How do you breathe when Get, you've got the Voldemort sort of yeah. face mask over your nose? Of course, he's injured uh, in, the, in the game there between Brisbane and uh, and Perth. is just a rip snorter at the moment uh, with Maddie Mackay getting at some sort of a facial injury early in the game. And they've, Elbow. They've wrapped him up like a mummy. And somehow, look, you know, he's the only player. They played five games in 15, 15 days just more recently. And this is a sixth in about 20-something He plays days. every minute he's of every game. He's played every minute of every game, does every training session. I think he's one of these players that has to keep playing or else he might forget how to play. <laughs> Do you think he still goes, say, as a squad, as a member of a squad to the Confederations Cup? Yeah, who or knows? do you think he's slightly yeah, over the top? Uh, he might be one of those guys you'd take to a World Cup, but Confederation is still experimental, I reckon. Yeah, yep. And, uh, and Ange, given that I spent a bit of time at our, oh, my personal, hall, yes. personal town hall meeting yes, with him last yeah, week, yep. he's, uh, I think he's really looking forward to Confederation's Cup just to pit himself against the likes of Germany, Chile and Cameroon. Do you think he knows, and you know how he's played lots of players, all being equal, and this is... It's a silly question, but it's coming from me, so that's to be expected. Everyone fit. Everyone fit. Yep. No injuries. Yep. Do you think Ange, in your town hall meeting, could have could be certain all everyone's in their best form, everyone's fit, what his best 11 players would be? Oh, yeah. I, I, think, he, I think every coach out there, doesn't matter what level you play, yeah, yeah. you sit down and... You know, you can't. You conjure up your ideal mm. eleven. If everyone, like you said, is cherry ripe, everyone's fit, uh, everyone's available. I think you know whether you're coaching down at Point Cook or you're coaching yeah, yeah. up there at Melbourne City, you would have that that team that 
you know, that, that team that you know that if you get them on the park and they're in form and confident that you're going to win games. And I think Ange would do the same thing. Um, but it's harder, though, in the international sphere, though, well, isn't it? The, the, also, the pool you, is so big. If you ask Ange also, he'd probably have players for certain games too. Like, I mean, how do you decide between a Luongo, a Milligan, in, talking about midfield, yeah, Moy, yeah. Um, who else he got in there, Rogic? Um, you know, there were some games where he might not play Rogic, but he'd go with a Luongo, Milligan, mm. uh, Moy, and um, I can't think of who else. Maybe a Bratton or... Yeah, yeah that's whoever. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's a, there's a couple of mixes that he would, he would like, depending on who they're playing. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that, you know... And, and our guys are getting... We were talking off air about, you know... Uh, what Pep Guardiola apparently said. I didn't see he this myself. He said he was marvellous. Amazing. Moy. Amazing. Yeah, Aaron Moy said that. He was quoted just more, what, in the last 24 hours yep. saying that. I mean, imagine if Moy. Now, I can't see it happening. You know, him being a regular at Man City. If he goes to Man City, I can only see him being a squad player with the type of plays they recruit. But can you imagine if him going to Man City and getting a game Alex Gersbach, who we actually interviewed during the week, imagine him being picked up by Juventus. There's all these rumours about Juventus wanting him uh, and him playing. Tommy Rogic, you know, getting that you know, transfer to the EPL. We've already got Trent Sainsbury. Well, yeah, I'm not you, sure about you, Trent. You, you're sort of sceptical no, yeah, about that I'm transfer. I'm wondering about that transfer. But say someone like a Jackson Irvine, who's killing mm, it at yeah, he's killing Burton it. Albion and maybe going in and playing regular EPL football, suddenly four youngish Australians playing in top teams in good leagues. As many as we've ever had. Yeah, and, so, and they're young. So, and you know, Matty Ryan getting the right club. I know that he, you know, he didn't have a good time at Valencia, but getting the right club. So that's five players that we're talking about. Who um who could be really good players for us in the next six or seven years? I think uh, Pep also has to talk up Moy because uh, he's sort of not letting him play for Huddersfield, so he probably wants to sort of stroke yeah. the Huddersfield fans a little bit by saying he's so good that I can't let him play. And, the, right. other, and the other thing too is by saying that the whole world listening to every word that comes out of Pep's lips uh, or his mouth is that uh, is you know. Um, Saying he's marvellous suddenly puts millions of dollars oh, on yeah. his transfer That's, if they yeah, want to sell yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. So. Look, he, he did say that. that Talk in, it down. As part of that interview, he said that he will make a decision on uh, Aaron Moy at the end of the season. Yeah. And he said it's good because he's playing amazing at Huddersfield. Um, obviously, there's an FA Cup fixture between the two. So he's not playing that, of course. But yeah, uh, yeah he, was, he was very, very positive. But he did say he's going to make a decision on him at the yeah. end of the season. So yeah. um, very much in the eyes of mm. uh, the coach. Hey, um, what about Vinny's favourite, the Abruzzo Club? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> We've got a heap of uh, really good uh, discos here. Um, hey, thanks for that. It's still two all in the 70th minute. It between won't be by, for long. By the way, the Abruzzo Club there on Ligo Street, they've made it very sexy from, from the front, front, front of the street. It's kind of opened it up yeah. to the people. What about the rumour um, just... Uh, that uh, Kevin Musket to Rangers, which he had to come out and pour as a, as a manager. As a manager, of course, mm. he's not playing at the moment. Uh, he had to pour cold water over that. It must so be true if he's needed to just, squash it. Just off the text message, who started the rumor? Warren Diego. <laughs> um, before before I start even contemplating that possibility, I want to know whether he's in contract negotiations right now, because they're the sort of rumors that. Friends of Graham Arnold throw around yeah, every but time. Kevin Musket doesn't need to do it. He could write his own ticket at Melbourne Victory. Not I don't think price not would be an issue. Not necessarily. Oh, sometimes come on. It's, sometimes it's worse negotiating with a club that's been loyal to you 
maybe you might be get a you might be able to negotiate a higher price somewhere else where you haven't got the closeness. Surely really Kevin Muscat's negotiation is writing a figure on a piece of paper, <laughs> putting it in an envelope, and slipping it across Ian Robson's desk. That's it. That's all it should be. And Robson opens it up, goes, "Okay," and that's on. If there's any, there should be no negotiation. I mean. No negotiation. If victory lose musket, what it'll what, be? What, a, what are you it'll say? be a Jim what, Jilton we... type period. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you now, yeah, it's as simple as that. Then you're right. Pear shaped. Right. If the... they lost him, it it's Jim Majilton like Kevin Musket's done a wonderful job for Melbourne Victory, and I'm one of his fans. I, I think he's done a terrific job. Given the ups and downs of the team at different times of this season, the way he gets them back on track is fantastic. But if he left, they'll get someone else in. They wouldn't miss a beat. Oh, they wouldn't you're miss a beat. kidding me. They wouldn't miss a beat. You're kidding me. They're a rich club, Warren. They, yeah, they'll, they'll, they wouldn't miss a someone. beat. They get the right person. It was, it, you know, they'd thank Kevin Musket. You know, go off to bigger, bigger and better things, and they'll, they wouldn't miss a beat. Hey, yeah, we need to take a break. It's uh, drinks in the game between Perth and Brisbane Royal. It's, it's not not cricket. It's two all it's in the seventy second minute. There. It's, it's uh, ridiculous. They're eight hours behind it. Yes. Hey, let's uh, two hours behind rather. How let's, hot can it be? Let's take a break and come back with uh, more of the Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN Melbourne's home of football. Yes. Welcome to Saturday Night Fever with the Four Diego's. Uh, it is the final whistle as well. Melbourne City defeated Wellington Phoenix 5 1 at the Cape Tin at Westpac Stadium. It's 2 all, Perth uh, and Brisbane. And in the uh, Sydney Derby, uh, Western Sydney Wanderers 1 defeated the Invincibles, Sydney FC 0. Brenton Sandilab scoring, Sandilab rather scoring in the 26th minute in front of a very decent crowd of 44,000 people. A controversial game right at the end there. The former Invincibles. The former Invincibles. Yes. Um, hey, and it's not time now to go to Sin City and catch up with uh, excellent journo from the Sydney Morning Herald, Dominic Bossy. G'day, Dom, and welcome to the Four Diegos. Good evening, guys. Thanks for having me on there. Thanks for the delay, but it's a, a big night after the match. Uh, how are you? Oh, very, very well. It's good you got your uh, disco flares on tonight because it is disco night here on the Diego's. It's Rodrigo Rodriguez. We've got Vinny Venezuela, Carlos Alberto Diego, and Warren. So, uh, Dom, Dom, I might get you. It was a press conference with Graham Arnold a bit like a Donald Trump press conference tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I can see why you'd say that. Um, look, I'm not sure. I think there was definitely a bit of a front put on there. But Sydney did play well for the most part. They played very well, I think, for the first. 25 minutes up until the Wanderers' goal. They were playing some of the best football I've seen them play this season, but they got a little bit rattled after that. So I think he was definitely pleased with the start, probably the performance. And uh, look, I think there's a bit of the fact that he might have been humbled having gone 19 games undefeated and it's finally come to an end of the momentous occasion. So I think he was a little bit reminiscent and I guess reflective. And Dom, was he happy with the refereeing? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he certainly didn't go on a uh, an offensive uh, rant against Chris Beath after the match, but I'm hearing that inside the dressing room, Sydney FC are absolutely furious with the refereeing tonight. They had about three or four penalty claims, some stronger than others, and came away with nothing. Dom, I was going to say, I mean, publicly they may have started talking up the going through the season undefeated, but privately they probably really couldn't give us stuff, could they? I mean, in terms of where the season sits and, and how they're going and 
they know their best is good enough. I mean, they lose a game, okay, they're not going to get through the season undefeated, but it wouldn't, it's not going to have one bit of, it's not going to make one bit of difference with regard to their confidence going forward that their best is good enough to beat anyone on any given day, any given place. That's a really good point you make. Uh, you know, would you think going into a grand final, had they entered that undefeated, would they be a little bit, would they have a bit of trepidation? Would they be a little bit nervous entering that, uh, having not lost before? Uh, I'm not sure, but they've got that over the way. They've got that uh, you know, tag hanging over their head that's been removed. But I still think there are big question marks over this Sydney FC team's ability to really perform on the biggest stages. Now, I know they've beaten Melbourne Victory twice, but I think there was... If there wasn't an element of luck in both of those, there was certainly an element that they were outplayed on the balance of play in some of those games. They lost the FSA Cup final to Melbourne City, and the last two derbies, they slightly underperformed now. So I still think that question mark hangs over their head. He's held faith in the team and the setup, and he's been very reluctant to make any changes whatsoever. For the life of me, I don't understand why Bernie Abini's not getting more game time and even starting. I know he's brought him on, but every time he comes on, he just seems more potent. I think Bobo's clearly part of it, but I just think Abini needs to needs to play a little bit more. You're not the only one thinking that. There's a, a lot of people who share your thought that Bernie Abini is a game changer and he's the kind of player that makes things happen. Uh, you saw just even the nerves that he creates for the defenders and those marking him when he comes on. And I think we, it won't be far off before he starts. Now, I know one of the reasons why it's taken so long is his fitness levels and it weren't up to the standard required to play 90 minutes in the Australian summer. Uh, in particular, his muscles in his calf, I think, had weakened significantly as a result of the injury. So whilst he overcame the injury, he came back to fitness, there was still a lot about his body shape that wasn't quite right, uh, or at least not at the level. That that is required of him to play 90 minutes in the A League. So I think he's a little he's closing in on that, and I think because his his fitness development has happened during the season, there aren't so many opportunities for him to really go through weights programs and other fitness trainings between matches. Dom, it's Carlos. Uh, Brendan Sanderlab is certainly a guy that divides people. Uh, he's a pest. Uh, for a lot of defenders out there, he's very aggressive with the way he goes about it. But tonight, you almost got a sense of how special he is to West Sydney Wanderers. Not only got the goal that won them the game, but after the game, uh, with, in an interview on the ground with uh, Tara Rushton, he was in tears. I don't think I've seen uh, a post-game interview where a player shows so much emotion. Uh, the club means so much to him, and he means so much to the club. Exactly right. Isn't he just a player that kids would have posted up on their walls and fans have on the back of the jerseys? Especially the Wanderers, where there aren't many players that have really survived since the early years. Uh, I know Shannon Cole's still in the books, but hasn't really been seen too often. So Sandhulab is, in many ways, an embodiment of what the fans want in Western Sydney Wanderers. And you're, you're completely right. He does feel a sense of gratitude to Western Sydney Wanderers because look what they've done for his career. You know, the guy will be well, he's 34, uh, he'll be 35 soon. And he's playing like he's seven years younger than his actual age. And he's just really firing on all cylinders. And he, he plays with his heart. He's a very softly spoken man off the field, a very genuine talker, a straightforward person. Uh, but uh, something crosses over him when he steps over that white line. 
Dom, uh, he's not in contract negotiations, is he? He might want to just <laughs> show some emotion just to show how much he, he loves the, the club. <laughs> I tell you what, I think some of the others who... He's got another year in his contract, but some of the others who are probably hoping for a new deal might want to follow his lead. But the the guy who had a cracker of a game too is uh, Jan Jedovic in goals. He really kept kept them in the game and made he, he made some cracking saves, didn't he? He certainly did. Uh, that's why they signed him. They want that. Uh, he still has probably got a bit more consistency to find in his game. That's probably always been his weak point. But on his day, he's as good as any goalkeeper in Australia. His big challenge now is to make that game more frequent. But today we saw that, and I think after some of the recent Wanderers goalkeeping performances throughout the last two years, I think that gave their fans a lot of confidence. Dom, I know they won tonight, but I made the call last week after they lost to Central Coast that it was probably time for Tony Popovich to move on. And I don't step away from that just because <laughs> they won the derby. I'm a hard-hitting <laughs> sort of journalist, but uh, <laughs> more pundit than journalist. But if, I mean, I want to know where this sits. They're clearly not good enough to win the title. I don't think even if all the all the things lined up and it, something went magical, I don't think their best 11 on the field is good enough. Have the, has the club got a got the courage to say to Tony, it's been great, but it's time for us to move on? Or do you think he'll have a sense that it is? And we know he's been linked with Shanghai Shenhua. Where do you think it'll go? Because I don't think they can win, and maybe that's not good enough for Tony Popovich to stay on. Isn't it interesting that, it, that this question gets asked by so many people, you know, fans, journalists alike, uh, with a lot of, you know, there, there's a sense of, I think there's, there's a good reason to it, but there's also a lot of realism that kind of gets ignored when it comes to Tony Bokovic. And that's a coach in the A-League, a competition constrained by so many things in foreigners, uh, uh, wages, that he's managed to reach three A-League grand finals. He's won an Asian Champions League title in a one bad year previously. Uh, he's also won the Premiership. And here he is facing, realistically, a mediocre season. It's not a horrendous one, but it's not really killing the hearts of too many fans. And here we have so many people questioning whether he should leave. And you've got to think that maybe there are other factors than just results that are playing into Tony Popovich's uh, criticism here. You know, is it the style? Is it the, the fact that so many, uh, such a high turnover of players at Western Sydney Wanderers, as we touched on before, Brendan Santelab, uh, are all these things sort of mounting on him rather than just results? And maybe results are probably the reason why people can now feel comfortable in questioning the Popovich style of management. Look, I, I don't know. I personally think it's a really big call. One I wouldn't make yet. I think it's one I'm going to reserve my judgment for probably till the end of the season. Uh, but I, I think even if he does you know, lose every game from here on, it's still not clear-cut. Don, what are you? What are your? What's your take on the refereeing at the moment? Uh, obviously, you know they're in the spotlight nearly every week. Again, we'll get uh, even though the coaches haven't probably said much about it in the press conferences, but a lot of people have talked about the certain penalty on Broski today, uh, tonight that could have obviously you know maintained that unbeaten run for Sydney. Uh, the standard of refereeing is it a concern for you? And if it is. What do we do about it? Because given half the referees are full-time now, and I know that you know Ben Wilson, Eugene Brazali, who works the referee, they're top-notch, these guys. They get the best uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, information about how to create great referees from all around the world. So what's your take on it, and, and you know, how do we fix it if you think there's a problem? 
It's a, yeah, it's, it's a hard one to, to really address. I personally am very much against the VAR system coming in. I think it'll ruin football and it'll take away a lot that we like. Now, we, we know that you know, people get hurt when they see their teams succumb to a contentious decision uh, and it causes a lot of controversy. Coaches are very vocal here in Australia, but I think going to a video system is probably not the answer. I'm a big fan of the goal line referee. I'm a big fan of goal line technology uh, when that comes in. But look, the actual standard and there's something that needs to change with it and I wonder if it's a culture of refereeing in Australia I know one of the issues that's been raised is the fact that we show video replays immediately in the screen so if a referee makes a mistake or even if he doesn't but the home fans are against him that creates doubt that puts a lot of pressure on the man with the whistle his assistants and so on uh, so I think you know the reasons why European leagues don't show replays in their own stadiums isn't so much to incite fans but maybe it's to promote referees making you know decisions without any pressure. But Dom, that's actually changed over... I remember at the start of the A-League, they weren't showing the replays at the grounds, and that just changed uh, maybe after a few years. Do you, You're aware why they, they would do that? Uh, look, I'm not. You're probably going to... you probably my memory a little bit there. So, at a guess, I think it would just be, you know, some venues started getting away with it and no one complained. Mm. And that's how sometimes you get these cultural shifts. It's a bit like a little you... Bit like Sorry, Dom. I beg your pardon? Sorry, no, you go. Oh, look, I was just saying, a bit of leniency can create a, a culture of a match, even with the referees. They, uh, I think it's the A-League, they are very lenient with some very physical challenges, and then by the 60th minute, you're starting to get things that are getting a little bit more nasty. Yeah, we try to hide incompetence. You know, <laughs> 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 no, Dom, exactly. I've got a question. In Victoria, and I suppose around the rest of Australia, there's there's a real you know, discussion around the clubs that are likely to get the licences for expansion. Yet it seems in Sydney that it's almost a given that there'll be one of the licences go to a team from that St George, Cronulla sort of area. I'm interested to know, do you get a sense that it is a fait accompli that one of the teams will come out of that? And I'm worried, I wonder, what's your sense of how that might impact on, you know, the talent pool and players in New South Wales? Just at a time where I feel like Newcastle, where I'm from, and Central Coast are starting to make some improvement in terms of performance and maybe players, but then to add another team in in the next couple of years. Yeah, it's a it's a big question because we haven't had that much arising from Sydney uh, publicly about the bids. The Victoria Patriots bid, whilst I'm not a big fan of the. Uh, Working title is gathering a lot of momentum and getting some very heavy, heavy hitters on board. Excuse me. Uh, Tasmania, South Melbourne as well. Now, is it a state of complete because it's silent in Sydney? I'm not sh- sure about that. I think the FSA are actually backing away from it a little bit. And the reason I say that is because they're in a huge arm wrestle with the clubs at the moment. A team in South Sydney would be incredibly damaging for Sydney FC. I think... Um, their estimates say about 25% to up to 40%, depending where the boundaries are drawn, of their membership comes from that St George, Sutherland uh, region. So a team there would be a huge blow. And I think if they put that in there, that will put all the clubs offside, given the United stance at the moment. So whilst it's a huge nursery or a potential nursery for football, I think politically it's, uh, it could be suicide for the FFA during this war. Uh, I think Sydney, though, generally needs a, genuinely needs a third team. The reason I say that is because, as much as some people might hate to admit it, if there is a capital football in Australia, it is probably Sydney. The representation of uh, players in Sydney is much bigger comparatively to anywhere else. 
Um, and I think there's a lot of you know, political power in football in Sydney. But I think you've got to look at maybe greater areas of Sydney, such as the Southwest Corridor that will be booming, uh, potentially Canberra, which could draw from the player base, and Wollongong is more likely. So I think that's what we've got to look at more than just this, this uh, Shire team. Hey, Dom, uh, we need to let you go, but uh, on that last point, we could have a d- discussion about that maybe another time. Who is the capital of football <laughs> in Australia? You know? It's a controversial one. Oh, not is. really. It's, it's pretty straightforward there, Dom. The Melbourne Derby's better than the city. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward that New South Wales is the capital of football. <laughs> As a Novacastrian... It would be the inner west of Sydney. I'm a, no, I'm a Novacastrian, Dom. I'll, I'm happy to say that New, New South Wales is superior to Victoria. Oh, Warren, <laughs> there geez, Warren. There you go. It's got to be the three Diego's from now on. Yeah, you heard it first. Oh, uh, hey, going to continue until two in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we've we've got to we've got to have a break now. But um, mate, we really appreciate your time. We know you've been working tonight. It looked like a fantastic derby to watch uh, on the TV. And um, you know, we'll uh, read your stuff in the Sydney Morning Herald uh, tomorrow. Thanks so much, guys. Pleasure, and um, yeah, appreciate you bringing me on the show. No worries at all. There's Dominic Bossy, uh, journo for the Sydney Morning Herald. On the Diego's talking about the Sydney Derby, where Western Sydney Wanderers defeated Sydney FC 1-0. A bit earlier tonight, Melbourne, uh, Melbourne City rather defeated Wellington Phoenix 5-1, and it's uh, two all in the 90th minute, uh, Perth Glory and Brisbane Roar. And there is still fire in the loins in this game, I'm telling you now. <laughs> Let's hope there's at least five minutes of injury time. Let's take a break now and come back with a bit more of the Diego's on 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Thank you very much. Uh, Funky Town, the original. can't remember who sang it, though. But, um, Nina something? Was it Nina something? Wasn't uh, Google Lip Sync. Google. Lip Sync. Google. Lip Sync. There you, you sang go. that Luff Balloon yeah, song. Um, that was a good Pseudo song. Pseudo Echo uh, covered it uh, there as well. Can I say the only disappointment? Pedro's been outstanding, but no hot chocolate tonight, which just <laughs> Next <week>. disappointed <laughs> me just a little bit, can I say. Just on the disco theme before we uh, quickly talk about uh, Melbourne Victory's game tomorrow, Bombay Rock was good on Friday nights, 21st century, stage one, Manhattan raged the stage, redheads under Bob Jane Stadium and Juice That's Nightclub in Ringwood. All on one night. The, the pit after the movies <laughs> at the Theatre Royal in Castlemaine, Matt on the Road, oh. the G-Bung in Hawthorne. Yes. Has anyone mentioned the Grain Store Tavern and Inflations? We yes, did. we did. I used to DJ out at the Manhattan in Ringwood with the revolving dance floor. Yeah, that's right. It was like watching a lazy Susan <laughs> yeah. of hot women. That's <laughs> true. It's they true. were great days, <laughs> Diesel George. It wasn't technically a disco, uh, but the club in Collingwood was always a, a nice one too. The club. Yeah, the yes. club yeah, in yeah, Collingwood. Yeah, yeah, it was a good band. It wasn't I'd, I'd a disco. Go, no, I'd go and see bands, but I'd Australian disco at the bands. Don't, don't mix the, the Yeah, the, see, that's, the a, that's for next week. Places you went and saw bands. Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> hey, Central Coast Mariners take on Melbourne victory tomorrow. Vinny, oh, you're nervous, aren't you? We're not good at that part of the world. It's like our Wellington. You look nervous. Um, <laughs> no, Wellington is your Wellington, and this, this is, is another Wellington. Well, this is a must-win, Warren. Who do you think? I think uh, I think the new glamour team of the competition. Central Coast and Carlos. No victory need to win, they'll win. Vinny? Yeah, confident. we'll win, but I'm just not happy. That's it for this week's <laughs> show. Thanks for your text messages. Really enjoyed the disco theme and your calls. Um, that's it. We'll be back next week. So remember, Carlos. We're a Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba and la bamba, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their hand and balls at their feet, we'll, we'll be there. Wherever gringos play football, we'll, we'll be there. We are the Four Diego. Olé. Olé.